All right, good to see you once again, and let's turn our Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 2 this morning, and of course it's Father's Day, and glad again for all of our dads, and it is a joy, it's a privilege to, to be a dad. I, um, one of the things that I remember well, obviously, is just the first time we brought uh, Vicky home, and then Malachi, and then actually my first ever day as a senior pastor was, was Father's Day as well. And Jaden celebrated sixth, uh, his sixth birthday yesterday, and um, it's always the first Sunday um, uh, that really I remember just just taking on the pastorate, and again here at, at Good Shepherd Baptist Church. And so I just uh, it's neat how God does that, and, and um, I feel a little bit like first day of high school today. You know, I feel like again just, um, but it is with joy that we're here this this morning. Been really looking forward to this day. Really have been praying. And, um, and, you know, just to be here finally. Um, and I say that because we went also through two weeks of quarantine. All right, so, um, but again, just thankful to the church for their support over that course um, during the, the two weeks. I know many of you sent through um, some, uh, some coffee, some meals, some groceries, and some games and puzzles to keep us, um, keep us occupied. Uh, and really just thankful. I shared this with the church on Wednesday, but... Um, you know, the, the way they do, do it over there is they have a hotel runner who comes from the, the front desk. They'll deliver the things there and they'll run it up to the room uh, just because of the COVID regulations and so forth. And, um, and one of the, I think it was our third or fourth um, around the, those days, but um, I got a knock and I, you know, heard that in the morning and I went to the door and usually what they do is they leave the, the goods at the, at the door and they go. But this time, as I opened the door, the, the lady was standing there. And I said, yes, can I help you? And she goes, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, you can ask me a question. She goes, are you a celebrity? <laughs> and I didn't know how to take that. I've never been asked that question. But, um, and I was afraid to ask her what she meant because, you know, I was thinking, what are the Asian stereotypes that she could use there? But, um, but I said, no, I, I'm, no, I'm not. She said, well... You, you've been the, you've had the most deliveries I've ever had to do for this whole time of hotel quarantine. You, you've had the most. And that's more testimony to your care for us over the, the course of the two weeks there. And I wanted to say I appreciate your church for that and just your thoughtfulness. And uh, we've settled in well uh, in our home. We're, we're trying to unpack as best as we can. And so we're just glad again. Um, and I, again, as I said at the beginning of the service, we're home to be home now. And we're glad for that. And we're really um, going to just look forward to just getting settled in and, and working with you all, just journeying together. And, you know, I really, I'll get used to this. Someone should have nodded or something. But, um, but really looking forward to what the Lord's going to do. And we understand that, that when, when things are new and there's a new partnership like this, that it's going to take a little bit of time to get to know each other. And so I want to say, let's just give each other the grace to do that over the course of the time. And we're committed to just seeing what the Lord can, can do. We're committed to the Lord, but committed to you as a church family. And really already feel very much at home um, during this, uh, even the last couple of days especially. But we were looking forward to, to this time. And again, Father's Day is special always because it's just an opportunity for us to, to be thankful for, uh, for who God has given in our lives. But then also really, as believers, who really focuses, focus in on the Lord. But I am thankful as well. You know, I was, again, thinking this morning, it's my first, fa first Father's Day that I haven't spent with my dad. 
And not that he's passed on, it's just that we have a distance, 750 kilometers, I think, I, I looked this morning. But, um, you know, we've, we've often, I've just marveled at the fact that, that God has given me my dad. And I'll tell you, without him being here um, and without God um, bringing, bringing him along, obviously I won't be here, but I wouldn't be in ministry. You know, for many years, my dad was the only deacon of our church. And, and he brought us along and he didn't do it in a way where it was forced labor. You know how it is. But no, we, we did it with joy. He, did it, he served God with joy. And um, we're looking forward to, to them, um, Lord willing, joining us here. We're trying to convince them, but I think they're pretty convinced already. But um, 1 Kings chapter 2, and you know, I, I just was thinking how much, um, how much there is. There's a great pressure, isn't there, these days to be a man. And what I want to do on Father's Day, um, starting today and then proceeding in the next, you know, however, however many years God gives us on this earth, is I want to preach um, messages that will help our men. Um, you know, something, sometimes we, we tend to, uh, we tend to uh, look at days like this and, and really uh, sometimes not, not really think about where, where it, it all ought to begin. And, you know, there's, there's many things we can talk about, about God our Father and His example. And perhaps over the course of time as God leads me and as, as God um, enables me, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about God our Father. But, you know, in the, in the base of things, what makes a good father is a good man. And I know that as I look around in this room, and again, I'm looking forward to getting to know you all over the course of our time together as a church family. But all of us here, as I look around, we all have different, uh, different relationships with our dad. Some of you children here this morning, and you, you, you perhaps have a different sense of your dad to the person that you, is your friend. All of us here have, have different, and, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to generalize, but here's a general thing. If you want a good, good, if we want to produce good fathers, we need, I somewhat understand the pressure of that. You know, if you know my, my family, uh, we, I grew up with myself as the only son. Any only sons here? All right, a few of us, we can, we can relate a little bit. My dad always put the pressure on me, you know, you're going to ca carry the family lineage, all right? And, you know, some things can't be helped. There's genetic things that can't be helped that, you know, it's just passed on from generation to generation. I've been told that the Halana nose is strong, all right? And, um, and apparently all of, the, the, all of the, my kids and the cousins and all of that all have the Halana nose, and so I've told, often told my dad, you've succeeded, you've passed something on. <laughs> but we understand the, the point of that. You know, from a very early age, I understood the, I guess, the responsibility I had to carry on what, what uh, God had passed to my dad and then onwards. And I remember just, just even as a young man, it, it somewhat weighed heavy on me because I always looked up to my dad. I always looked up to him as a, as a man who was mature. A man who wasn't perfect, but he was godly, who was faithful. And I always looked at that, and I always thought, well, how am I going to live up to that? And I remember just a couple of years ago, I had a coffee with my dad, and um, I had been married quite a while now, had, had two boys and, and, and one daughter. And I remember we, we sat down, and he told me something along the lines of, of this. He said, I'm so happy that you have two sons. And he says, they both have to follow your steps and keep the family line. And he said, I raised one man and you get to raise two. And that, that actually, 
he, he meant that to be, wow, like, you know, they don't have as much pressure as you, but then I felt the pressure on myself. I have two that I have to raise as men. And, you know, I, I think a church's strength lies in its men. Uh, the, the, the men actually are the backbone of the church as much as they're the backbone of society. And, you know, the, the Bible tells us to mark the perfect man. The Bible tells us that Jesus is the, the measure of the fullness and that he's the one that we're to, supposed to aim for. And so we look at Christ as, as an example of, of manliness. And what I want to do today is just talk a little bit about that. You know, a church's strength lies in, in the men. You know, it, we live in, in such a time where it's, it's peacetime, isn't it? There's wars around, but it's not really here. It's not involving the whole world. But in, in times past... The time when you told, when you could see how, how, how much of a backbone a nation had was when their men had to go to war. And there was a, there's a, a poem by John Morse, where a couple of lines, if I could read it to you this morning, when by, by famine or sword or by pestilence dread, many thousands are called to lie down with the dead. When gross evils abound and the wicked increase and we sigh for the joys and the triumphs of peace, in such perilous times, man's true manhood appears. It has grown with his growth and has strengthened with years. And when his country needs help, when the danger is nigh, he is ready, if need be, to dare and to die. And it was always the case that, that manhood and manliness rose to the occasion when it was wartime. But you know what happens over peacetime is that sometimes that, that not just erodes, but it becomes something that is not even thought about. You know how it is when it, there's not a need for it, sometimes we don't think about it. But it, can I remind you this morning as, as Christians, we're perpetually in a warfare. And it ought to be that as, as, as Christians, as God's people, we are producing the best men that can be. Because actually we're perpetually in a warfare. We are in a spiritual warfare. And it's, 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 it's in those times of danger, when, when mankind and, and humanity is on the line, that's when it, it counts most, manhood does. And so it's no wonder, I think, this, this day that we live in, that manhood is under attack in our, in our society today. It, not only is it misunderstood, it's purposely, if you think about it, being redefined. You know, it used to be you just knew when you looked at someone that that's a man. <laughs> but, but we're living in a time where actually when you, how do you even define it? How do you define it? You know, there's all of those, the, the PC, who are just trying to go about and trying to confuse genders at the, its very basic definition. And then to add on to that, the, the definition of manliness and manhood. And, and no doubt, as I mentioned those words to you this morning, some of you thought of something, and I wonder if it lines up to what the Scriptures say. You see, um, not only is it misunderstood, it's also purposely being redefined, yet the one that called them male and female, man and woman, has been largely ignored in the whole process. And we need to get back to manhood and womanhood as defined by the Creator God. Uh, J.A. Garfield said this, I think he was a president of the United States, he says, I mean to make myself a man, and if I succeed in that, I shall succeed in everything else. 
You know, as, as men, we aim for some other things, and, and yet God's made us all different. Would you agree this morning? We all have different men. If we were to have them all come up here, you're, you're going to see straight away. They all, they all come in different shapes and sizes. And, and then if you dig down deeper, they all come in different personalities, different, different skills, different experiences. And, and all of that, really sometimes we, we, we put the, the, the cart before the horse, so to speak, because we're aiming at other things when actually in the, brace, uh, in the basics of it, we just need to produce the best men that we can have. And, and David's heart was for his son Solomon to succeed. And, and you, you think about the great responsibility that Solomon actually had. He was going to take over this great kingdom that was really God's people. And, and so he had a great responsibility to carry on. And so David, in all of his wisdom and all of his experience, he could have challenged his son about different things. But notice again how he, how he challenged him. He said this. This was his charge to his young man Solomon. He said, show thyself a man. He could have said, show thyself a good king. He could have said, show thyself a wise ruler. But he understood if he just showed himself a man, then he would be all of those. You see, this ought to be the call we as men aspire to. This, this should be the challenge we as fathers give to each of our sons. This is the standard of which we ought to have for our daughters to look to in prospective marriage. And today, I, I don't simply want to ignore or diminish the ladies in our church. But I mean to encourage you from time to time, and, and there will be time for that. But I think we would all agree here this morning that all of our lives would be better served if we as men took our place of responsibility. And today I want to declare to you that each man here has a God-given role to better, better the life of each of their families. They're, 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 they've been, got, uh, been given a, 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 a special skill to better each church and to better each society. And the charge will be given so that we may rise. I want to say rise to the occasion this morning. And so I want to pray and we'll ask the Lord to bless and then we'll get into the message this morning but, but really, I want, to, I want to invest in our men. I want to call this, this series, and it'll be a long one because it'll be over the years, it's, uh, it's manvotionals, right? manly devotionals. And today, I just want to talk about manliness. Manliness, let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. We thank you so much for the time that we have this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you, dear God, that it's perfect. And thank you, dear Lord, that it's our instruction for life. And Father, in, in it, lies all that we need to know to live godly and to live righteously in this present time. And, and Father, we understand that, Lord, in all of our thinking, in all of our practice, in, in all, of, all of life, we ought to seek for the, the true answers and the true direction and even the true challenges of life that we need to make. And so I pray that you'd help us this morning as we open your word. Lord, there's so many families here represented by, uh, by, by each member each playing a different role that you have prescribed for us in your word. And so help us this morning to understand that as men, what we ought to play and how we ought to play it. And I pray that you just be glorified, you'd be pleased in everything that's said and done. Please work in our hearts, we pray, in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And so we read there earlier the, the reading for today in, in 1 Kings chapter 2. As Brother Robin mentioned, the, really the last words of David. And I don't know if you've ever been at the bedside of someone who's dying and 
But obviously you want to listen in and you want to hear what they have to say. And David here, again, chooses his words carefully and is, is charging his son Solomon with something. And at first what we learn about is, is really he speaks to begin with the limits of manhood. The limits of manhood. And he says in verses 1 and 2, Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die. And notice that he charged Solomon his son saying, and notice the first things that comes out of his mouth. It says, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man. And so he says, I go the way of all the earth. And he recognizes that he only had this one life to live. He recognizes that, no, this isn't some sort of dress rehearsal. No, this isn't some practice. No, this isn't even just some preparation time. No, this is the time that all that I have. He says, I go the way of all the earth. He, he, that he recognizes here that this is the time that he was going to pass on. David was at his deathbed and he chose this occasion again to charge Solomon, his son. And David himself showed himself a man. But in the end, even the greatest of all men are limited. In Psalm 39 verse 5, the Bible says this, Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. You know, at the end of the day, we can build ourselves up. We can do all of that. But listen, you only have this time. You have a limitation. You know, I think sometimes in, in our youth, we think we have our lives forever. You know, I think if you look around, some of the dangerous things that some of our young people attempt, we sometimes look at that and we cringe a little bit. Why? Because we just understand as we've gotten older how dangerous those things are. Sure, they're enjoyable. Sure, you'll get a rush, but we understand that, you know, life actually, as we get older, is, is more precious. And we have a limitation to what we can do. One of the things we learn about manhood that's highlighted for us in Scripture is that eventually we go the way of the earth. We go the way, and he says that, I go the way of all the earth. And David's referring to the fact that there's a commonality to all men. You know, all through earth, they will come face to face with death. And I don't know where you stand with the Lord this morning, those of you men, or anyone here. The reality is we're all going to die one day. The reality is we are going to face eternity, and we're going to stand, for those of us who are Christians, account for the life that we've lived. But if you're not a Christian, you're going to stand and face judgment before a holy God. And you better understand you only have this time. You go the way of all the earth. There's a limitation. And D David's referring to that fact. See, in Ecclesiastes 3.19, Solomon now writing, he says, For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them, as the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above, above a beast, for all is vanity. He says it's just empty. It, it, at the end of it, all of life comes to an end point. And we understand that as believers, again, to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah, what a great promise that is. But we understand that we only actually have this time on earth. And he understood his limitation. You know, I think sometimes as men, why we don't, we don't try to show ourselves as men and we sort of just play around with life a little bit is we forget that we're limited in the first place. We think that we'll have another day tomorrow and another time. And listen, 
The Bible tells us, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. Hey, listen, young person, you might be wondering about, hey, the future to come and what to ha- what's going to happen. Listen, make the most of it now because there's no guarantee. And some of us as dads, you know, we're enjoying our time now with our precious little ones. And what a joy that is to be able to do that today. And this morning, I hope you had some time to have breakfast and to talk and just enjoy your children. But you understand some of you older ones who come through that, some of you look back and time's flown. And you go, how how did that happen? Listen, we're limited. We have limitations. And I want to say you only have this life. You only have this time to show yourself a man. You only have this life that God has given you to steward over. And because of that, you've got to make the most of who God made you to be. There's no point wishing you were another person. There's no point thinking, well, if this had happened instead. Listen, you have this life. You know, the Bible tells us to, to, uh, to, to make the most of the vocation of which we are called. And if you study that word vocation, Ephesians chapter 4, it's not just talking about your job. It's, called, it's talking about your calling, your life's calling. And can I remind you this morning, men, part of your life's calling is to be a man. You know, we're living in a society, again, that diminishes the genders, doesn't it? You know, they, they want to blur the lines. And yet God was so clear, wasn't he? He created them male and female. And we understand that part of that, listen, part of that was not our choice. You were born the sex you were born because God decided it. And because God decided it, you're accountable for it. Because you can't change that, you better make the most of it. And we better understand that, you know, we as men, we have a special calling to to lead and to guide and to be those that that God will, will, will use in a family's life. And you've got to make the most of who God made you to be. And you only have this life, really, to pass on truth. And, and that's, that's big, becoming more and more real to me. You know, we, again, celebrated Jaden's sixth birthday. Yes, sir. But then I also have a nine-year-old who will be 10 next year. You know, the, the age of accountability in the Bible is 20. You study that, it's 20. And so he's halfway to accountability, 10 next year. So I've already been thinking, what do I need to pass on to this young fellow? You know, I've done it, but what what are some more purposeful, intentional things? Because I only have this life. And and listen, I I live with the very, very real, real truth in my heart and mind that I I don't have tomorrow guaranteed. I'd like to think I'm I'm healthy. I'd like to think that, you know, as I drive and as I go around that I'm being careful that I'm trying to think about my family for what, what's best for them. And, and I'd like to think I have tomorrow, but that's not a guarantee. I, I don't know. And so you only have this life to pass on truth. And David knew what it meant to be a man. You, you understand, he went from looking after the sheep to being the shepherd over God's nation. He, he understood how it was when he went to the battlefield and he saw the men standing in fear and he was the only one that could stand up and say, is there not a cause? And, and even in his youth, he understood what it was to be a man. And, you know, sometimes how we define that, we often just look at, well, manhood is the opposite of womanhood. 
right? Male and female, and that's true, correct? Right? We can't mix those two things up. But listen, you know, here's what we miss about manhood that is in the definition. Manhood is also the opposite of boyhood. You know, the true definition of, of manliness, biblically, is just this, a mature man. He's Paul. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. You know, the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a chapter of charity. And sometimes we define charity as, as a, a love in action, and there's some truth to that. But when you study charity, it's the most mature characteristic that you could have as a, as a human. It's maturity. We said earlier, Mark the perfect man, and the perfect man isn't named Mark, all right? It means to, to look at him, but that word perfect means mature, mature, full, complete. And so there's, there's that idea that, that David was trying to show Solomon here, show thyself a man, wasn't just a, cat, a throwaway line. He, he, he had the full weight of a life lived, mature in Christ. He, he understood, remember later on, the Bible prescribes him as a man after God's own heart. He was someone that walked after God's ways. And we understand David wasn't perfect. David sinned, he did wrong. And yet David, even in that situation, humbled himself before God. And we see here that he understood his limitation. Therefore, he had one life to live. He had to make the most of it, and he better pass it on during his time. But then he gave him a charge. He gave him a charge. He says, Be thou strong, therefore, and show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God. You know, David's heart was his son, was for his son to fulfill his God-ordained role to be a man. Again, not, not to be a king, not to fulfill, you know, again, how do we do it? You know, you, you go to someone new, maybe some sort of conference, and you're having a, a chat with another man you've never met. What do we normally ask? What's your name and what do you do, right? We're so tied into what we do as men. Yet David here, in his challenge, again, in his charge to Solomon, he wasn't asking him to do something. He was asking him to be something. He said, be a man. Show thyself a man. And he gave him a charge. Uh, another, uh, so, another person said this. He said, the greatest thing a man can possibly do in this world is to make the most possible out of the stuff that has been given him. This is success, and there is no other. It is not a question of what someone else can do or become, which every youth should ask himself. But what can I do? How can I develop myself into the grandest possible manhood? And we don't ask those questions anymore. You know, notice what this entails. There's a, firstly a characteristic to achieve. He says, be strong. Be strong. You know, we automatically think about that and we automatically think physically we ought to be strong. And, and th th there's, a, there's some truth to that. There's a, definitely a difference. That's why really there ought not to be, the, you know, when you look at sport and the, the competition of that, there's no mixed, right, in elite sport, there's no mixed NRL. Right? Who'd pay to watch that? No, I put my hand down. I'm not watching that. That's a slaughter. But you understand that there's, there's, there's the difference physically. But there's more to it. We, we see in Scripture, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Watch ye stand fast in the faith. Quit ye like men. Be strong. 
But, you know, real strength really lies in going from childhood to manhood. It's both an ingredient and also a catalyst in a man's life if he is to fulfill his calling. You know, it takes strength of character to mature. It, it takes strength of conviction to stand on righteousness. It takes strength of discipline to be able to do what you're supposed to do. And, and to be able to fulfill your calling. It takes all of that. It's more needful than strength of the body. And we understand that Samson was the strongest man in the Bible. Samson was given supernatural strength. But you know what? He failed, didn't he? His failure didn't lie in his physical strength. His failure was this. He had a, a failure of character. He had no strength of character. And so this charge was, was really a characteristic to achieve of strength. And, you know, we can demonstrate strength in so many ways as men. And I've already mentioned them. You know, sometimes really we just focus on the physicality. And I think in a little while we're going to have a demonstration of that. But what I'm saying is it has to go beyond that as men. We, we, ought, to, we ought to develop in ourselves and in especially our young men following us, strength in character, strength in conviction, and strength in discipline. All of that. And the imperative here to given by David, really that, that this challenge was to seize with conviction. He's saying, show thyself a man. He's saying, here's your, the responsibility you need to take. He's saying, grip it. Grip it with all your strength. Take, take full advantage of the fact that God has given you this, this manliness and this manhood. It was a charge by David to seize what was in front of Solomon and not to waste it. And, you know, it's, it's a good thing for us on a human level to charge our, our, our young men about being men. It ought to be something we mention. It ought to be something that we sit with with our sons and say, listen, son, you're going to be a man one day, but it's going to take a little bit of conviction. It's going to take a little bit of character, and it's going to take a little bit of discipline. And we better sit down with them, and we better start developing that right from a young age. There's a challenge. He says, again, David, I go the way of all the earth. Be thou strong, therefore, and show, notice there, thyself a man. You know, he, David was speaking by, with authority here from a human level. But then he was giving his son. He's saying on a human level, you have responsibility. This is a challenge from a man to another man. And, and there's a need to bring a charge, I think, to the next generation. And listen, I, I just know because it's happened to me. You know, sometimes some of you young people here this morning, you're thinking, well, I've got all of the youth and all of the men are doing all of the jobs. Listen, one day, God's going to give you the responsibility for this church and this nation. It won't always be us. It won't always be those who are now gray-haired or thinning, whichever. It won't always be us. It'll be you one day. And you better take the charge from a human level. And fathers, we need to give our sons especially something to aim for. We need to give our daughters something to aim for in who they marry. But we ought to give them something to aim for as sons in their character and who, what they need to be. 
But there's, a, there's also a challenge or a consecration from a heavenly source. And he says in verse 3, And keep the charge of the Lord thy God. You understand that this isn't just a human thing. You know, it's not just simply biology. As I mentioned earlier, part of your vocation, your calling, is, is your manhood or if you're a lady, your womanhood. And, and this means that there's a, there's, a heavenly, uh, there's a heavenly calling as well. This was coming from a heavenly source. And to be a man means we, we follow through with actually God's design for us. And in here, how we do that, we walk in His ways. We keep His statutes. We keep His commandments. And then the result will then be a prospering in what we do, a prospering in what we decide. And again, if I can emphasize, how beneficial would it be for society and for your family if the man of the house was a godly man? How beneficial how much we desire that, how much we ought to pray for that, how much our, our, our ladies here in their marriages, in their, in their raising of their sons, ought to pray that way. See, the result then will be all of that. He says in Psalm 1, 1 and 2, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You know, there's that great picture Later on, he's going to speak about the, the tree that is right there by the rivers of water. And we, we see the strength of that, that, that the, 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 the picture of a strong tree that's just nurtured in the things of the Word of God. You know, I'm afraid sometimes the reason why, reason why we don't charge our, our men and we don't charge ourselves with God's calling of manliness is because we're using other means to define it. We've watched too many TV shows. We've watched too many movies. We've, we've, we've modeled ourselves after others when we should have been modeling ourselves after the likeness of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should have been looking in the challenges of Scripture. And there's that challenge from a human level, but there's really a challenge from that heavenly source, and the Word of God itself challenges us. But at the end of it, there's a legacy of manhood and he says in verse 4, that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying. Then he goes on, if thy children take heed to their way. And here it is, dads, you know, today we have a legacy that we're meant to pass on. And it's not simply our legacy. Actually, if God gave you children, they're his heritage, not yours, first and foremost. And so actually... It's God's legacy that we're passing on. It's Him. David reminds Solomon all, of all that God promised and what the fulfilling of it was, was contingent upon. And See, legacy, someone said, is planting a, gar a garden you won't get to see. And David understood this and he put it into action by reminding Solomon that it was his turn. That the legacy of manhood is that it produces really this, produces faithful children. And I'm just glad. I'm just glad for the generations as I look around and families here. That's my desire. My desire is, is, is as God plants us here, that my children will follow in, in, in faithfulness to the Lord. He said, John said it in 3 John 1.4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And you know, you could have different ambitions and 
You could wish that, uh, that one day your child will be a doctor, a lawyer, or whatever else. But, but I hope that you would just say that they would just be faithful to the Lord. See, a legacy, a legacy is that. It's, it's a legacy, falsely of God's faithfulness. He says that the Lord may continue His word. See, our legacy as men is that those that follow us know God's faithfulness, that He keeps His promises, and that He instructs us in the way that we ought to follow. That ought to be our heart as we share, you know, mornings, as we share our time. The Bible says in Deuteronomy, as we walk by the way, it ought to be something that is foremost in our mind, just, just sharing the faithfulness of God. And again, he continues on to walk before me in truth with all their heart, with all their soul. And, and, and that, 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 that teaching of God's faithfulness will then correspond with a response of faithfulness in their lives. But really, secondly, it's a legacy of personal experience because David says here that the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me. And here it is, he heard from the Lord himself. And listen, men, as dads, we better hear from the Lord. We better be men that just want to listen in to what God has to say about matters for our family and you know, our legacy as men is that those that follow us know God's faithfulness, but also from our personal experience, we're able to give Him, give them the, the reality of that in our lives. It was a personal encounter with David. You know, there's some things that are better caught than taught. And we can teach, you know, things again, and I'm not trying to lift up just my dad here, but um, I only have experienced what I've experienced. But one of the things I, I most appreciate about my dad, I mentioned already his joyful service to the Lord, but you know what? His reality in the home. There was, there was hardly a morning I could remember where there was hardly a morning I could remember where, where my dad was not in the lounge room praying for me and my sisters. My, 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 my most fondest memories was walking, waking up early when I did once in a while as a young person, walking out and walking to our kitchen and hearing my, my, my parents, especially my dad and my mom, but my dad naming us before the Lord. And then him sharing what God was teaching him in his Bible reading with us and sitting around the dinner table. The only time I was ever allowed to stay up was when we were sitting there around the dinner table with my uncle and my dad talking Bible. My, my most cherished memories and they included me. They didn't just say, hey, listen, just listen. Shut your mouth and listen. <laughs> no, we talked. I, qu I had questions. They, they answered them. But you know, they had a reality of God is what I'm saying. Do, do you have a reality of God in your life? Hey, Dad, this morning as you, you woke up, did the immense responsibility of that somewhat overwhelm you and then realize you have God? <laughs> that God's there to guide you. God's there. God's given you His Word. But then... Also, it's, it's really, he's given him an assured future. Again, all of that contingent to the children walking after, but at the end of that, he says, there shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. And again, really prophetically, this is a future promise that will be seen in the millennial kingdom. But what it was here really was, firstly, it was a comfort to David. But it was also a motivation for Solomon. The, the comfort was this, that if, if your children walked in the way, then I'm going to fulfill my end of the bargain. And listen, 
Sometimes we get sidetracked, we get so confused about how we're supposed to lead our families. But it just comes down to this. If you obey God, and your children obey God, then God will fulfill the end of His bargain. He will fulfill it. Sometimes we get it around. We try to fulfill things that we can't fulfill. But, but God has, a, has, has given that to, to David. And what we know about God, God's a rewarder, rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And, and really, from the outset, if we're going to have a legacy of manliness and manhood, it's got to stem from that, that personal walk and that personal reality and that personal investment of the Lord. That ought to be. It, it really is. It's simple. The, the promise of manhood is that we follow God, then we find His blessing in our manhood. When we don't follow God's design, when we don't take up the charge, and we follow perhaps our own charge, then what we do is we rob ourselves of the blessing and we end up with a curse. And all of us here this, this, this morning, as, as men and as dads, we have a huge responsibility. But I want to tell you that it comes with, with instruction. It comes with the grace that God offers. It comes with His strength. It comes with that being offered to you and I this morning. And so men, I want to ask you, do you, do you have the trait of manliness to pass on? You know, have you taken the charge? If, if, you're, if you're a child here, you, you look at your dad and they've, give, they've taken up that charge, thank God. Do, do we have the strength of character demonstrated in our genuine maturity? Do we walk with God and in authenticity of example to challenge those whom God has given us to nurture and bring up men? Simply, we need to be manly. And church, do you pray for our men? You know they're not perfect, but they have the responsibility to fulfill God's given role. Perhaps you've been let down by them, some irreparably, but you look to those who can model for your children a godly manliness, and I wonder if you lift them up in prayer. Are we thankful for our Savior, who is the measure to aim for? Is He the measure of the fullness of stature we men aim for in our manliness and I want to simply ask you this morning as men, have you taken the charge seriously? Because you only have this time. And you only have this space of time to be able to fulfill that. And so this morning, I want to charge you. Show thyself a man. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. We thank you for the opportunity we have again to open your word. Father, we never take it lightly, but Lord, especially in occasions where really there's a, there's a direct challenge for us. Lord, I, I do realize that it's not, not only men here this morning, but Lord, as I mentioned, I believe in your design. If men would take up the charge, it would, be, it would better the lives of those, uh, Lord, all around us. And so I pray that, Lord, there would be a heart perhaps to just surrender our, our own thoughts and our own uh, wishes, our own ambitions, and, and really just to drive for the thing that you would have for us to do. And, and Lord, really, that's to just make the most of who we are in you. And so I pray that you would please just help each and every 
uh, dad here this morning, Lord, to just uh, perhaps take a little bit of time this morning to, uh, Lord, recommit or perhaps even for the first time take up the charge. I wonder, Lord, if there's anyone as well, dear God, that maybe is searching for the truth, searching for it, uh, for what it means, this life. I pray that you'd touch their heart as well. Where every head bowed, every eye closed, we're going to have a time of invitation and the piano can begin to play. And, and really, this is simply a time of response. And I want to challenge firstly the men of our church. I wonder if, if some of you here this morning would just simply, in humbleness, just bow here at the altar this morning, just, just say, Lord, I want to commit myself uh, to being the, 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 really the, the kind of man I need to be for my home. And I want to ask you to come firstly, men, if that's you, if you're a father, if you're, if you're a man of the house, I want to challenge you first to come to this altar this morning and to take the time and really ask the Lord, show me, Lord, where I'm, I'm deficient. Show me, Lord, where I need to be broken. Show me, Lord God, then where, where I need to just re-dedicate my life to being the kind of man that I need to be. And then I want to ask then nextly if, if some of our children right perhaps there in their seat or if they'd like to join their, their dad here at the altar, they can. I want to ask you to pray for your dad. I want to ask you, those of you perhaps who you, you've got a broken relationship with your dad, to right now pray for them. Pray for, for God to, to heal them, to work in their heart and for God to touch them about the, their need to rise to the occasion. And wives, if I could ask you, if you, you're comfortable, join your husband here and pray with them. If not, then right there in your seat, why don't you just pray for the, 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 the husband God's given you and pray for the men of our church. Pray that God would use them and bless them. Why don't we take the time this morning? And if you're not saved, I want to ask you, please don't leave this place without knowing that Jesus is your Savior. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And really at the end of it, we, we'll, we face an eternity in hell without Christ and we, we need Christ today. And so as a piano plays, let's, do, let's, let's just take the time and um, work, uh, uh, just, just speak with the Lord this morning.